Well, this morning we're going to talk about burn the ships, burn the ships. Now, this is not just, this is not just from King and Country's newest song, Burn the Ships, but it has a little bit to do with it. It is a fascinating phrase. Uh, it's one that I was familiar with, but not in, enti- in its entirety. It's a little bit more research on it. It comes from a historic conquest of the Yucatan and the Aztecs by a Spanish conquistador, Hernando Cortez. Hernando Cortez, I, let me just say from the beginning, I want to give you a disclaimer. Uh, he was not a nice guy, okay? He was just not a nice guy. And what he did to the Aztecs is inappropriate, wrong at every level. But there's a principle that he laid down for his, for his men that I think is extraordinarily valuable for us as we end a new year and as we begin, or end a year and begin a new one. When they landed on the Yucatan, they had, one, they had one goal in mind, and that was to capture the treasure of the Aztecs. It was legendary that this treasure was enormous. Now, there was a, there's no doubt that as you do a little bit of historical study on the Spanish conquistadors, they had a lust for gold. There's no other way to say it. It was a lust for gold. It was a lust for wealth and power. So they land on the Yucatan with 500, 500 soldiers, 100 sailors, and 11 ships. And they start this conquest to, 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 to acquire the richest treasure in all the world. Now, here's the question. How, how could a small band of Spanish soldiers who arrived in a strange country, how can they then swiftly, swiftly and bring about the overthrow or bring about the overthrow of a large and powerful empire, listen, listen to this, that was in power for over six centuries. Okay, this is an empire. This, this band of Spanish soldiers and sailors overthrew an empire that had existed for 600 years when no one else could do it. It's a fascinating thought. For Cortez, for Cortez, the answer, it was easy. It was all or nothing. It was total and complete commitment. You see, Cortez took away, took away any option of failure. And this is, this is significant. It was conquer or die. It was conquer or die. When Cortez and his men arrived on the shores of the Yucatan, he rallied his men before leading them into battle. And he utters these three words, burn the ships. Now you might imagine that would raise a bit of concern with the soldiers and the sailors that were walking with him into battle. Burn the ships. He repeated it. And then he uttered these words, if we're going home, we're going home in their ships. If we're going home, we're going home in their ships. With that, Cortez and his men burned their ships, and the result, the commitment of the men was raised to a whole new level. Think about it. They had no option. They didn't have something that they could fall back. They didn't have a, a place where, oh, we could just go back and do that again. No, it was done. There was no option. It was move forward. And so as we face 2020, as we face 2020, I believe, I believe to achieve the level of success we desire, there are times when we need to burn the ships. 
The question we have to ask is this. What are my ships? What are my ships? Pray with me if you would. Jesus, thank you for your word this morning. And I ask that you will, you will speak life to us from your word. Let us walk away encouraged and challenged in Jesus' name. Amen. Deuteronomy is, uh, let me, before I go any farther, this, um, the notes were put together before the message was completely complete because of the structure or schedule of our, of our week uh, in the office. And so I've added some scriptures and a few quotes along the way that will not be in your notes or on the screen. So just bear with me. And I'll do my best to give you those references so you can look them up later. Deuteronomy is Moses' final words to Israel prior to Joshua taking leadership or assuming leadership. And listen to how the book of Deuteronomy begins. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 1. These are the words that Moses spoke to all the people of Israel while they were in the wilderness east of the Jordan River. Normally it takes only 11 days to travel from Mount Sinai to Kedesh Barnea, going along the way of Mount Seir. But 40 years after the Israelites left Egypt, on the first day of the 11th month, Moses addressed the people of Israel, telling them, everything the Lord had commanded him to say. Now, I don't know if you catch the, the interesting part of this, this, these verses. The trip from Egypt, when they crossed the Red Sea, all the way to where they would begin to enter the land, that's an 11-day trip. It took them 40 years. They made a few laps around Mount Sinai. One more lap, one more time, one more time. So now... Moses, the, the, the leadership is transferred to Moses to Joshua, and this is what we read in Joshua chapter number 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you'll cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you to own. The people are poised to enter the land. But what is it, but what is it that's going to take, what is it going to take for them to possess the land? What is it going to take for them to possess it? Now, they're on the border. They've been on the border before, and there was rebellion. And then they went the laps around Mount Sinai for 40 years. Now they're back. What is it going to take for them to possess the land? This phrase, commitment, commitment is the foundation of all success. Commitment is the foundation of all success. I guess you might say it this way. There are some ships to be burnt for the land to be possessed. There has to be an unwavering and dedicated commitment to never repeating the failures of the last 40 years. And there has to be a dynamic pursuit of what lay ahead. They have got to leave what was in the past in the past. If they don't do that, they can go right through this, they can go into the same pattern of behavior that their fathers were in and that caused them to all die in the desert with the exception of Joshua and Caleb. 
there has to be a change. There has to be some ships burnt. And I would say, for you and me, it's exactly the same. As we come to an end of the year, this is always a great time for us to to reflect on what was, but then also to look ahead to what is and what can be. What is going to make the difference in 2020 from 2019? We've got to burn some ships. We've got to leave some things in the past. If we don't, we can repeat the same the same failures of this past year into the next. You see, for us, there needs to be no turning back, no retreat, no choosing the path of least resistance, but a pursuit of that which is ahead of us. So five thoughts this morning. The first is this. The first thing we need to do is to break free from the past. Just to break free from the past. Yes, I know, I kind of referenced that. But let me read a passage of Scripture in the book of Joshua. And then we're going to stay in Joshua 5 and 6 for the, for the next few moments. Joshua 5, verse 2. At that time, the Lord told Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the second generation of Israelites. Joshua had to circumcise them because all the men who were old enough to fight in the battle when they left Egypt had died in the wilderness. Those who left Egypt had all been circumcised, but none of those born after the exodus during the years during the years in the wilderness had been circumcised, the Israelites had traveled in the wilderness for 40 years until all the men who were old enough to fight in battle when they left Egypt had died. For they had disobeyed the Lord, and the Lord vowed he would not let them enter the land he had sworn to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So Joshua circumcised their sons who had grown up to take their father's place. And you say, well, now that's exciting, circumcision. Sweet. What are you going to do with that? The reality is circumcision was something that God had commanded of them. And over a period of 40 years, this new generation had not cut away the things of the past. It was their time to enter into what God had for them. And so there had to be a renewal of a covenant. There had to be a a cutting away of what was so that they could break free from what was and they could move into what could be. They're poised on this land, ready to take occupancy of it. So there has to be a break from what was. And once again, once again, all of us carry stuff that can keep us from possessing the things that God desires for us. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to use the three words I said a few moments ago. All of us carry hurts, habits, and hang-ups that can keep us from possessing the things that God desires for us. It is time to burn that ship. I don't know what it might be for you this morning. I have no clue. Maybe it's just, I'm not even going to, you can fill in the blank. You know exactly the stuff that is keeping you from being all that God has for you to be. You know the stuff. And the thing is, we want to carry it with us into a new year. No, it is time to burn that ship because you are on the verge of something great in 2020. And when we burn that ship, there's no option. We can't go back. We can't look back. We look forward and we begin to possess the land that God has for us. And that is in your family, that is in your job, that is in your future. Whatever it might be, it is time to burn the ship and move forward. You see what happens in the lives of God's people. They will take occupancy of this land because you notice as you continue to read on, they circumcise the nation, 
They circumcised the nation. They healed up, and they got ready to do what God was going to do through them. See, whatever that ship is, a failure, and even, can I just say this? Even some victories. We can so focus on the good things of the past that we miss out on the good things that God has for us. We live so much in yesterday that we miss what God is doing today and what he wants to do tomorrow. And I believe very much the same. They had had many battles that they had won. Their fathers had won in the wilderness, but they were not battles that they had won in the land of promise. They had won them in the land of, of, of wilderness, of wandering. And you know, it, it's not to diminish those battles won, but it is time to even leave those victories behind and move on to what God has in store in front of us. Leave the failures, the victories, the frustration, the conflicts. Leave the miracles. Leave the hurts. Cut them loose. Burn that ship and move forward. It is time to cut away all that keeps us from pursuing God's best. Because it's not the past. It's the future of what God wants to do in our lives. John 8, 36, if the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. I will focus, Paul says in Philippians 3, I'll focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us in Hebrews 12. Such a large crowd of witnesses is all around us, so we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially the sin that won't that just won't let go, and we must be determined to run the race that is ahead of us. Burn the ships. Break free of the past in Jesus' name. Second, second, we need to get filled up with Jesus. Now that should have just got a whole lot more excitement. We need to get filled up with Jesus. Joshua chapter 5, verse 10. Okay, they've come out of the circumcision. Now look, while the Israelites were camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, they celebrated the Passover on the evening of the 14th day of the first month. I'm telling you, Passover was a celebration, and it was worship. You see what happens at this moment. The, the nation comes together, and they get filled up with Jesus before they take one step further, they get filled up with Jesus. And so this morning, I am just simply encouraging you and us to get filled up with Jesus. Let it start today. Get filled up with Jesus and let God do something new in us today. Once you break free from the past, once you cut loose of the stuff, you get, you're, you're, you're ready to get filled up with something that God wants to do new within us. Get filled up with Jesus. You say, but okay, that's good, but where's the ship? Where's the ship to be burnt? What's that all about? Well, let me just use this word. The word, oh, let, let me go back to Cortez for a second. Now, when I think about, when Cortez decided to burn the ships, there's something that was eliminated from, from all, of his, all of the soldiers and sailors. It's a word called complacency. They couldn't just be self-satisfied at that moment. They had to do something pretty extraordinary. Complacency is a feeling of quiet pleasure or security. Self-satisfaction or smug satisfaction with an existing situation or condition. Can I just say it to you this way? 
I'm okay spiritually. Everything's good. I don't really need to progress. I kind of like where I'm at. I really pray that's not what I, what's on your heart today. I pray that through every moment of your life, you are saying, I want to be filled up with Jesus. Give me more. We used to sing a chorus when I was growing up as a kid. I want more of Jesus, more and more and more. That should be the cry of everyone's heart in this room. I want more of Jesus, to get filled up with Jesus. Because when you break free of all of the stuff and the hindrances, there is, there is so much capacity for God in our lives. And I don't think it's coincidental that after they break free of what was, they celebrate the Passover, they worship, they get ready, they just get filled up with God before they go and do what God has called them to do. You see, that ship of complacency, it needs to burn. It needs to burn in my life, it needs to burn in all of our lives. You see, we need to put things in place that will alter your spiritual life forever. One more time. We need to put things in place that will alter your spiritual life forever. There was a song a few years ago, United, Hillsong United did, and I, was, I just was listening to it yesterday, and it just grabbed me again, and I listened to it again last night. And The song is Freedom is Here. And there's a line in the song, Freedom is Here, it says this, Everything comes alive in my life as we lift you higher. Do you hear the words? Everything, everything comes alive in my life when I get filled up with Jesus. We're looking forward to a great year. Well, it starts by cutting some stuff free and it continues by getting filled up with Jesus. Psalm 143 and verse number six, I thirst for you like a parched land. When is the last time we just literally got before God and said, God, I am thirsty for you. I am not going to move from this place until you pour your fresh presence upon me. I need to get filled up with Jesus. And some of us in this room this morning, it has been so long since you have been filled up with Jesus. You don't even remember what it's like. And it is time at the end of 2019 to burn that ship of complacency and say, God, pour out your spirit afresh on me. I'm not going to move from this place until you overwhelm me with your presence. Everything will come to life when that happens. This last year, or in August, this last year, it was still this year, in August, did our vision message. And one of the, one of the things I talked about was just the faithfulness in worship. And I, I just felt compelled once again to bring this to our attention Ron Edmondson made this statement, and he said, I, I think it's just, it's powerful. He says this, I've never seen decreasing attendance lead to increasing devotion. I've never seen decreasing attendance lead to increasing devotion. I want to challenge you as your pastor this morning, let 2020 be the year where you know something, not what it was. A priority for me on a weekend is to be in a place to worship together with the people of God. That's a challenge. I'm not suggesting, hear me, I'm not suggesting that things don't come up. I'm not, no, I know that. But what I'm saying is let it be that which fuels your life. That's part of getting filled up with Jesus. It's, it's also part of being a, being a part of our 21 days of prayer that will start next week. 
We have three Wednesday night gatherings during the month of January where we're just going to focus on prayer. We're going to come together. We're going to worship. We're going to pray. We're going to have a call to prayer. We're going to pray. It would be my hope that this would be the audience at each one of those prayer nights. Prayer meetings are the least attended function of any church around the country, and it needs to be the opposite. It should be the, it should be the one time when we gather when you can't find a place to even get in the room. Why? Because we are going to touch heaven together. We are going to bombard the throne of God with the prayers of God's people, believing for something extraordinary. Come and pray. Come and pray. Be a part of the 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're going to unpack that over the next few weeks. You know, it's, this is good. Those prayer gatherings are good. But something that's better is to develop a habit of prayer. Be a person of prayer every day. Can I encourage you to engage with God's word? I'm going to put a challenge out to you. If you have not read the Bible through, I'm going to make a challenge to you starting on January 1. Let 2020 be the year you read through the Bible in a year. You can do so. You can make this happen. It'll take you about 15 minutes a day. You can make it happen. Go to Version. It is a free Bible app. I talk about it all the time. Use it. There is audio. You can even listen to it. If you can't read it, you can listen to it. There's a child's app on Version. It is available to you. And you have your smartphone everywhere you go. You can do this. You can do this. Engage with God's word. Let God's word transform your life. And I also say, get in a life group. I had one amen. Get in a life group. We desperately need each other. We need, we need that, the iron, sharpening iron. We need the fellowship. We need the connection. Get in a life group. Be a part. Let God use this to change your life and serve. Serve. Find a place where you can give back of what, of what God has given to you. Ephesians 3 says, may you experience, and this is it's getting filled, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. 2 Peter 3 but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Burn the ship of complacency and get filled up with Jesus. Third, expect, expect new things next year. Expect new things next year. Joshua 5, verse 11 and 12. The very next day they began to eat unleavened bread and roasted grain harvested from the land. No manna appeared on the, appeared on the day they first ate from the crops of the land. It was never seen again. So from that time on, the Israelites ate from crops, the crops of Canaan. Think about it. For 40 years, every morning they'd get up and there was this stuff called manna on the ground. They'd collect enough for one day. They'd feed their families for 40 years. But now the manna stops. The old is gone. Now there's something new. They have to eat out of the produce of the land. You see, they experienced something brand new. This was a new thing. And I just asked the question, are you ready for some new things in 2020? I am. I am. You know, I just got to brag on you. The Crossroads Church, you're such an amazing congregation of people to pastor. And I mean this sincerely. You embrace new. You're, will, you're willing to do these things that, 
are, are just so wonderful. But I'm also believing there's going to be some even greater and new thing, greater and new things this coming year. So let's get ready to embrace what God has for us. Do, do I know all that that looks like? No. I, I'm not here to be prophetic in that sense, but I, here's what I do know. Without fail, over the decades that God has allowed us to be in ministry, I have never seen a year go by that there hasn't been something new that God has done. If we're willing to look for it and be ready to receive it and then to embrace it. Now, we're starting 2020, and back in, in August, I talked about a 2020 vision. And I use the analogy of what 2020 vision is. 2020 vision isn't perfect. Okay, it's not perfect. It just means you have clarity. You, you can see well. That, that's, all it, that's all it means, really. And my prayer is that we would have a clear vision. So I'm really asking God, what can he burn? What can he burn out of me? What are the ships that need to burn? Lord, let me have clarity. Burn out the cloudiness. I don't want to have spiritual cataracts. I don't want to have spiritual cataracts. What are cataracts? They cloud your vision. You can't see clear. God, burn those things away so I can see what you are doing and then let me see what you are doing and then follow that. If I do that, I believe we're moving in great, great places. There's a great story in Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 8. Listen to this. It says, they arrived at Bethsaida and see, some people brought a sightless man. Brought a sightless man and begged Jesus to give him a healing touch. Taking him by the hand, he led him out of the village. He put some spit in the man's eyes. That's kind of creepy, but it is just what it is. He spit in the man's eyes. Laid hands on him and asked, do you see anything? He looked up. I see men. They look like walking trees. So Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again. Now look at this. The man looked hard and realized that he had recovered perfect sight. Saw everything. In bright, 2020 focus. God, burn away the clouds in my eyes. Let me see with a clear 2020 focus for what you want to do first, hear me, first in my life. God, what do you want to do new in me? Is it time for me to put away the stuff and burn some of the ships and get away from some complacency? God, do something new in me. If we start there, we're starting at the right place. Often we will look, oh, how, God, can you do something new in them, please? That guy do something new in him. Start here. Do something new in me. God will take care of the rest. Think if we all prayed that prayer, God, do something new in me, we'd never have to do the elbow, would we? Because God's already done it. Number four. Remember the promises of God. Remember the promises of God. Joshua 6, verse 1, Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people are afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go in or out. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. Now let me, let me just preface this. By the time we get to this point in the story, Joshua had already sent spies to spy out Jericho. They knew what they were up against. They came back and said, they're terrified. They're terrified of what's going on. That's why the city was shut up tight. They were afraid. 
Jericho was a, was a formidable place. And here's an artist's representation of probably what they, what they were facing. Now, let me just describe it a little bit. Jericho was surrounded by a great earthen rampart, an embankment, or embankment, excuse me, with a stone retaining wall at its base. The retaining wall was some 12 to 15 feet high. On top of that was a mud brick wall six feet thick and about 20 to 26 feet high. At the crest of the embankment was a similar mud brick wall whose base was roughly 46, 40, 46 feet above the ground outside the retaining wall. This is what loomed high above the Israelites as they marched around the city each day for seven days. Humanly speaking, humanly speaking, it was impossible for the Israelites to penetrate the impregnable bastion of Jericho. It could not happen. There was a wall sitting in front of them, and I will tell you there were probably some in that, in that company. When they saw the walls, they said, are you out of your mind? We cannot do this. And they were right, humanly speaking. And that is a wall, or rather that is something that's got to be burned to the ground. You are facing some things that are impossible and impregnable in 2020, but I want you to know something. You are not facing it alone. You are not facing it in your strength alone. You are facing it in the power of the living God who does not look at walls and who calls you not to look at the walls, but to remember the promises of God. You look at the, we can get so captivated with the walls can't do it, can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. It's not possible. I can't do it. It's not possible. We just go on. But it's not the walls. We need to remember the promises of God, of what he has made to us. And remember, God has promised them. Remember this. What has God promised them? The land. All of it. Not a portion of it. Not that not a part of the land that would be without Jericho. No, all of it. It's all theirs. That's God's promise. Can I tell you, God has made the same promise to you. That promise is yours. His word is true for you. He is your healer. Come on now. He is your healer. He is your righteousness. He is your deliverer. He is your provider. He is your protector. He is your help. He is your strength. He is your peace. Those promises are for you. And you say, but Gary, you don't know what I'm facing. You're right. I don't know what you're facing. But God does. And often we only look at what we face and we can only think there's only one way we can do this is in my own strength. But listen, what is so significant is they didn't face it in their strength. They faced it upon the promise that God had made to them. Ezekiel 12 verse 25 says, Listen, I love this verse. That's because I am the Lord. That's because I am the Lord. And if, and if you ready for this? And if I say something, and if I say something will happen, it will happen. Let me stop. Every one of us in this room that are facing a wall right now, there needs to be a shout of amen when you hear that 
verse. That is a truth of the word of God to your life. One more time. If I say something will happen, it will happen. This is not the word of your pastor. This is the word of the living God. And we need to take the promises of God for what, for all that they mean to us individually and apply them to our lives. We need to stop looking at the walls and how impregnable and how impossible our situation is and begin to look at the God who is able to do the impossible and to break through the impregnable. God can do that. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, for all God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ. With a resounding yes, they're available to us. And finally, we need to obey God, obey God without any qualifications. Joshua 6, verse 3. You and your fighting men, this is God speaking to Joshua. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you're to march around the town seven times with priests blowing blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horn, have all the people shout as loud as they can, then the walls of the town will collapse and the people will charge straight into the town. Do not shout. Look at this. Do not shout. Do not even talk. Joshua commanded. Not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout. Then shout. I love the story. But you know, the plan is a little upside down. Don't you think? You know, Okay, we're going to do, do what? We're going to march around the city quietly. One time a day, it's six days, and then seven days we're going to say, excuse me? There has to be that one guy in the group. There has to be the one guy. He says, can you believe this? This is what we're going to do? This is how we're going to do this? Because he probably didn't get the word that God was going to do this. He just may not have heard that part. There's always the one guy. And there's one guy in here right now. You, you, you mean God can do something like miraculous in my life? <laughs> really? What? So I have to just, what, really? Oh, come on, there's got to be another, there's got to be more i got to do. The ship we have to burn in order to achieve the victories we desire is the ship of doing it our own way and not God's. God wants to do something in your life. You need to trust him to do it. And not back down on that. Because his promises are true. And his promises are for you. You see, and we dare not, and we dare not put qualifications on it. Well, God, you know, I'll do it. I'll do it if you do this for me. That's called a quid pro quo. You heard that in the news recently at all? Unqualified obedience. You know, one of the things that keeps coming up is this whole idea of obedience. You say, man, we've talked about obedience over the last, like, 10 weeks, like, every week. What is that all about? Obedience is everywhere through the scriptures. C.S. Lewis made this great statement. He says, obedience is the key that opens every door. There it is. It's not one door. It's not two doors. every door. And when it comes to faith, when it comes to our journey of faith, We are to be people of obedience. And what is miraculous in this story is that the people did exactly what Joshua said to do, ordered of the Lord. They marched, they were quiet, and on the seventh day they marched, they blew the horns, they shouted, and what happened? The impregnable and the impossible fell, and they took what was rightfully theirs by the promise of God. And I believe the same to be true for us. John 14, 15, if you love me, you obey my commandments. 1 John 5, 3, loving God means... Obeying his commandments and his commandments are not too hard 
for us. As we close this morning, back to Cortez for a moment. The Aztecs, Cortez conquered the Aztecs, something that had not been done in six centuries by anybody else. Why did they win? Because they had no escape. They had no escape. They had no fallback. They, they said there's no other, we, we, we can't, we've got to go forward. It was succeed or die. Would you hear me? And you've been so attentive, and I appreciate this so much. I think for some of us, we're still holding on to the ships. You know, if it doesn't work, if it don't work out, I, I'm just going to go back to my old, that old stuff. Now, if you burn that ship, there's one way forward. There's one way, and it's forward. It's succeed. Succeed. And I know in the, in the human, you look at this, succeed or die. I don't like that die thing. I get it. But can I, can I just share something with you? The moment we stop pursuing that which God has in front of us, in front of us, we're dead. We're dead. We're dead spiritually. We're, we're not thriving in life. I don't believe that's what you desire in 2020. To really succeed, we must have an attitude like Cortez and his men. They did not have a crutch. They did not have a fallback position. They frankly didn't have any options. But we have an option this morning. It's not conquering something like Cortez, but rather it's saying, I'm going to burn what was. I'm done with this. Whatever that looks like, I'm going to, whatever, that's done. We need to have a burn your ship level of motivation this morning. So you see this, last, last thought. Whatever prevents us, from achieving all God has for us in 2020 are ships that must be burned. Not dismantled, not run ashore, but burned and destroyed once and for all. If we know that our ships are still out there, when things get tough, we will instinctively go back to our ships. We'll default to that. Cortez did not allow his men to have that option. By removing the option, hear this, what, by removing the option, they were forced to focus on how they could make the mission successful. And that's really the call this morning. I want 2020 for you, I want 2020 for me to be the best it can be. That's success. So I'm going to put these things into practice so that I can see that occurring. You might be saying, well, Gary, that's, that's all good. How, how, do we, how do we do this? Well, this is the cool part. You don't have to. You say, what? No. When they were marching around Jericho, it wasn't. Now, I've, he I've heard, maybe like you did, some of these science crazy programs that when the Israelites shouted, there was a frequency that was reverberating that caused the walls to fall. Okay. If God used that, that's fine. I don't care. I don't care how God did it. Hear me. I don't care how God did it. What I care is, what I know is, God did it. And it's the same for you this morning. 
You say, I can't physically burn the ships. You are exactly right. You can't. But what you can do, like I can do, I can surrender myself to God. God, burn the ships. Burn the ships in my life. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29. Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one. Do you notice the word one is capitalized? Why is that? Because that's God. God is saying something to each of us in this place this morning, specifically to your particular area of need. Do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. Ready? For our God is a consuming fire. He will burn this stuff up if we will listen to what his word is declaring and say, Jesus, I put my trust in you.